0: You're listening to The Happy Hour with Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez-Cleary on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.
1: Back here on The Happy Hour, extended version today. We're getting more and more uh, thoughts on what we need to call our text bag, message satchel, message bag, message Big Mac sack. Um, People are saying call it the knapsack. People are saying call it just the satchel. So we'll see. You have downed Walk the Beach. I have. Walk on the Beach. Walk on the Beach. Was it good?
2: Delicious. Delicious.
1: All right. Let's head to the Honda Lincoln Hotline, 402-464-5685, where we have James on the line. James, appreciate you holding. What's on your mind, man?
2: Hey, you
0: can call it the press box or the penalty box or
1: that's not bad.
0: Uh, the whiteboard.
1: The whiteboard. Hmm, hmm. that's what's interesting. On
2: white, what's on the What's on the white grease board
1: today, <laughs> James? James, we appreciate it, man. That. That's that's actually Look good. That. This is awesome. This is what we need. Hey, thank you, James. Yeah, James, appreciate it. So we'll do that at three o'clock today. It'll be the inaugural. All right. And will it's very... The inaugural something. Let's be honest. I mean, we have stuff to talk about, but we can always spill it over into Mm -hmm. the next segment. That's fine. We got... Fun segments abound. Angry Ram Guy says, why not the party bag since it's the happy hour? Mm, We could. Drumstick likes the
2: whiteboard. See, but the thing is, I I have a question though. Okay. Do people want it to be just us or should we do it at like five when Jay Foreman is here?
1: Why don't we do it both? Or is that is that overusing? That's too much. That's too much. See, here's the thing, though, Rico. That's what me and a
2: former co-host of Happers used to do whenever Happer was gone.
1: Here's the thing, Rico: is we can't. What
2: if Jay is not interested? Jay doesn't have a choice. Who's running the no, board? I'm sure he I does. am. Jay doesn't have a choice.
1: No, we got stuff. What to are talk you to scared of, Jay. him? Not at all. Somebody earlier mentioned that me and Jay should get in the octagon.
2: That would be a terrible <laughs> idea for you. I don't think
1: I'm about that life. Matt G says, welcome to 93.7, the ticket, the satchel.
2: The satchel.
1: Don wants to do happy hour holler back. You get messages in and you answer them. Hmm. I don't know. I think satchel's still out in front. You think so? I like satchel. Whatever. Satchel or whiteboard. All right, let's bring in um, Jacob Padilla of Hale Varsity uh, joining us every Tuesday for a little Husker Hoops talk. Before we get to sports, Jacob, how big of a satchel guy are you?
0: Uh well I've never owned a satchel so I
1: guess I uh, not one at all <laughs> Would you ever be interested in wearing a satchel?
0: No nah, I'm I'm pretty good I've uh kind of roll with either the backpack or A little drawstring bag that's kind of my (laughs) go-to.
1: All right, sounds good. Jacob Padilla of Hill Varsity uh, joining us here on the Happy Hour. Now, you were in Columbus for the good old Final Four before we get to Husker Hoops. Let's talk about this volleyball team. Holy cow, what a fun run that was. How wild was that national championship match?
0: Yeah, it it was pretty incredible. And it was pretty much, I think, everything that uh, anybody could have hoped for going in the match, minus maybe a Nebraska win. Mm-hmm. And they certainly had their chances. Um, they had four chances to, to go up 2-0 in the match and just couldn't quite get it done there. And then they fell way behind in the fifth, but um, rallied to make it a competitive game and get themselves a chance. So, um, I mean, the largest the largest crowd um, in NCAA volleyball history.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, that's uh, it was pretty incredible. And it makes sense when you have the two largest – um uh i guess the the biggest fan bases in history in terms of attendance they've led the the country uh in attendance the top two the last two years so um pretty much exactly i think what uh volleyball fans were hoping for
1: was this John Cook's best coaching job
0: uh it's definitely up there um from <laughs> although you uh listen to him talk about it mm-hmm. uh he he wasn't uh Happy with the coaching job he did during the non-conference. Yeah, um, as they kind of rotated players around and tried to and switched up rotations and tried to figure out what worked. Um, but ultimately, uh, he he got his team playing its best volleyball when it needed to the most, and that's that's always the goal for a team with championship aspirations. And to to do it with three freshmen in the starting lineup. Um, that, that, that was really impressive. and um, I, I think what they're able to do defensively, all season long, even with the kind of uncertainty and inconsistency uh, in terms of attacking, was, uh, it was probably the, the most impressive part about this team.
2: Now we we you can see it on TV, but I'm sure in person it's a little bit different. The the six eight six nine combination block that Wisconsin has uh, put up a, a, a wall pretty much against Nebraska with twenty plus blocks uh, in that in that championship game. Uh, you you actually being there and seeing it you know firsthand in person. How much of a physical presence was uh, Dana Recky and, and Anna Smreck?
0: Yeah, <laughs> I mean Recky, she's just been an absolute force in college ball volleyball for the last five years and was named the uh, national player of the year last week uh right before, on friday i believe it was um just six eight and the ability to move the the way that she did nebraska did a great job of holding her down offensively for a lot of that match but ultimately um they, they couldn't quite find a way to get through that block and it wasn't wasn't just Recky and Schmeck. it was uh Devin Robinson, it was um, basically everybody on their team taking part mm-hmm. that, that played in the front row. You look just up and down uh, the lineup, and they had everybody. Seven blocks for Smreck, uh, 13 for Rettke, which is ridiculous, yeah. tired her career high. Grace Loberg had three assists. Devin Robinson, uh, 10 blocks. Julia Orgel, um, six blocks. And then Sydney Hilly, the setter with five. So it was everybody. There just was no weak spot in, in that front line for Nebraska to attack. Um, and credit to, uh, Lauren Barnes or libero as well, because she was absolutely phenomenal. Every time Nebraska did find an opening, she was there to dig it ended up with 31 in the match. Honestly, she could have been the MVP of that match and didn't even make the all team, which is kind of an issue with voting there. But that, that, that was just Wisconsin having five super seniors on their team, including four starters. Uh, coming back here uh, with, with a purpose. And they had uh, Sydney Hilly, either setter, uh, Rettke, obviously, Loberg, um, like I mentioned, Barnes. Like, all all of them came back for a reason, and they uh, uh, they made it happen this year.
1: We're speaking to Jacob Padilla of Hill Varsity. I want to stick with volleyball for a couple more minutes because, number one, it's more exciting to talk about than Husker Hoops right now. But, I mean, what... Um... I lost my train of thought. There it is. Uh, how excited should Husker fans be for next season? I mean, you're, you, Nebraska losing, obviously, Lauren Stiverens and, and Lexi's son for sure, but Nicklin Hames could come back. I mean, what's your gauge on on next year's um, possibilities?
0: Yeah, I, I know all of the seniors uh, decided to go through kind of the senior day ceremonies. I At this point, I'd probably be surprised if any of them came back Kayla Caffey uh, just got her master's. Mm -hmm. She's been in college for six years already. Uh, I I don't know that (laughs) that a seventh year um, start uh, another degree would would be something that she'd be interested in. Um, And I mean, uh, Haynes has been starting for four years here. She's accomplished a lot. I I I don't perhaps the uh, kind of the the way that match ended could spark something in her um, to want to return because I don't know that I. Was uh, I was a little bit surprised, I guess, by both Lexi Sun and Lauren Stivens returning this Mm -hmm. year, and I know kind of the way it ended had played a part in that, especially for Sun. Um, But I I think we're probably we're definitely I think looking for new starters at middle blocker and probably at at setter. We know if Haynes does move on, it's going to be Kennedy O'Ri show. It's just a matter of how quickly can she get up to speed. She was the number one recruit in, in this 2021 class. And we, we got to we got to see a little bit of her at the beginning of the season with, when Hames had, had the ankle injury, and she certainly put up some numbers. Uh, she's coming off a torn ACL, um, so I, I don't know that she was totally 100%. She she just got cleared like during preseason practice, so it, um, she didn't have a whole lot of, of full go practice under her belt when we got to see her. So now she'll have um, a full year plus a full year in the spring. Um, in, in the program to kind of help prepare her. So I, I think Cook probably feels pretty good uh, about that situation if Haynes does move on. Obviously, you'd love to have a, a fifth-year uh, starter uh, if you can if you can get it. But ultimately, Nebraska, I think it's going to be in a good spot there. You've got your whole back row returning. You've got four of your five pins returning, and you're adding uh, the, the number one pin in a, this next class coming in as well, and Maddie Kubik's sister, Hayden. Uh, I think the the biggest wild card is what happened at that middle blocker spot. Yeah. If Kathy does move on along with Stiverens uh, and along with Callie Schwarzenbach, you're looking at z- pretty much zero experience. Kalen Meyer played a little bit this year, uh, but not a ton. And Riley Gray redshirted this year. So those are the two that are coming back. And then you add probably the two best middle blocker recruits in the country. in um, uh, Becca Alec from Waverly, in-state player, and then Maggie Mendelsohn, who is the dual sport uh, player that uh, reclassified from 2023. She was the top middle blocker in that class, decided to move it up to 2022, and she'll play both volleyball and basketball at at Nebraska. So you're going to be really young uh, but really talented at that position, and that'll probably be the biggest position battle heading into next season.
1: Okay, last volleyball question because it just came to my mind. How surprised were you at the departure of Tyler Hildebrand, and and how do you think they fill that spot? Do they promote a guy like Jalen Reyes, or do they find somebody else?
0: Oh, well, that, that's kind of the, that's the the downside of yeah. uh, uh, recru- or hiring and developing highly uh, highly qualified coaches. Mm-hmm. Is you, you're going to have to keep finding new ones to replace them because they're going to get hired away. Yeah. And Cook's been he, he's gotten pretty good at this over the last few years, just with uh, the number of his assistants that have gone on to, to get good jobs at Chris Thomas and Danny Bustrom kelly and Caleb and Banworth and, and now Tyler Hildebrand most recently. And I think, obviously, uh, um, Kelly Hunter is someone who's been on staff. She she slid into uh, kind of the assistant role last uh, last year while uh, they, they were waiting for Hildebrand to, to rejoin the program while he was doing his USA beach duties. Um, but Cook also said he he likes to tell us assistants to kind of go somewhere else first to experience what volleyball is like outside of the Nebraska bubble, and Kelly obviously hasn't done that yet, um, so I, I don't know if she's at a place where she'd be ready to step into that role, but um, I think she'd certainly be considered. And then outside of that, um, Jalen Ray is already... Um, he, he, uh, he I mean, he was essentially... He was a big uh, part. Hildebrand had the kind of associate head coach title, but Reyes was uh, as integral and had as much responsibility as anybody as a recruiting coordinator. and um, he, he he was doing a lot of the defensive stuff before Hildebrand <laughs> came back, so I'd expect maybe him to slide back into that role. So um, I, I think they'll be, they'll be good with him. And the question is, uh, if he does go outside the program, who is it going to be? Um, Reyes was a really good hire previously. Obviously, Hildebrand was as well. So we, we know Cook is – Pretty good. Uh, uh, pretty good eye for finding assistant coaches. So, uh, I'm sure he's got a, a short list of, of people that he's interested already.
1: We're speaking to Jacob Padilla of Hill varsity All right, let's move on to uh men's basketball here. Where do they turn to prefer? uh Who do they turn to now for production? I mean, wh- where does Nebraska go from here? Just a, just kind of a general question right off the bat.
0: Yeah, well, that's, that's the question that Hoiberg's <laughs> going to have to find an answer to, and yeah. hope there is an answer. Uh, he talked more today about kind of the way that they've changed their offense and cleaning things up. And obviously it didn't didn't look all that different against Kansas State because when thing, things started off well and then they kind of went sideways and everybody fell back into bad habits and, and all of that. Um, but they are making some structural changes. They're putting players in different situations. And they're trying to run the offense through Derek Walker more. Unfortunately, he uh, had the, the, the knee injury that was bothering him that kept him out of practice leading up to this. Um, and he ended up, I think, with six turnovers in that game, which is pretty uncharacteristic for him. So I, I think they're going to continue to try to put Walker in more situations to, to be more aggressive offensively. Um, obviously, he's shooting like 80% from the field this season, yeah. which is ridiculous, but it's also on smaller volume. So that that's the first answer is um, more touches for Walker and trying to get him more scoring opportunities. And then beyond that, you just got to hope that guys play better, they they take better shots. Hoiberg talked about how he's, got, he's at the point now where he's like um, I uh, he's going to be have a quicker trigger with Poland guys for taking bad shots. And he, he said he's been kind of inconsistent. He's done it sometimes. He hasn't done it every time. And now he's just, just kind of at the point where he's got to have a zero tolerance po- policy. You take a, a, a bad shot that's not what they're trying to get on a possession that isn't at, at the end of the, the shot clock, then you're coming out and we're going to have to find somebody that can step in and play that role for you. Um, And then I'd assume he'd be quick to put those guys back in, uh, kind of see if they've taken the message and then hope that that um, will keep things from kind of going off the rails. Like we saw late in that second half when they went into the big scoring drought after the great start, but that's ultimately what it's going to have to be. you're just going to have to hope that guys stick with the program. They can generate good shots. And eventually maybe these shots will start to fall but it starts with shot selection, and they gotta get more, They got to get more points in the paint. Uh, that's kind of an area that's really been slipping during th- this losing streak, and that, that's easier said than done. Obviously, I think with as poorly as Nebraska shooting from the perimeter, defenses are loading up to take away those driving lanes, but that means they just have to work that much harder to create them, and that, that's on everybody. that's out that you got to cut hard. you got to uh, recognize where the opportunities are to hit those gaps, you got to move off the ball, um, so you're not so easily defended. It can't just be guys spotting up and waiting for the ball and watching somebody try to go create something on their own. It's going to have to be a five man effort on offense on every possession.
2: We're speaking with Jacob Padilla of Hale Varsity, and Jacob, you know, with, with going with what you just said, where you know if somebody takes a bad shot, Fred's going to go to the bench. Who are some guys that that Husker fans might? Want to get to know that you might be seeing more in games if you know Fred has to if Fred keeps some of the uh, starters and such uh, from take when they take bad shots out for a longer period of time.
0: Yeah, like I said, I don't know that we're, we're going to see a lot of like benching guys for the rest of the half just because I yeah. don't know that he has a lot of those opportunities uh, just with who's available. Um, he, he did mention that Trevor Lakes and Keon Edwards are guys that will get minutes moving forward. He wasn't planning to only play eight guys in that Kansas State game, but that's just kind of what happened with the way the game played out. So those are guys that you could see as options moving forward here. Um, but it's going to be the same guys that we've seen all all season long, and you're going to so if, if Tominaga takes a bad shot, you probably yank him and, and put in Wilcher. If Wilcher takes it, or if uh, um, Lonzo Verge uh, forces two, two bad shots in a row. And Kobe Webster's going in. Uh, it's just going to be that kind of deal where it's going to be the same guys. And Those guys aren't getting it done. Then you try, I guess, go back to the starters and hope that the time on the bench um, taught them something and that they saw something differently and they go in and they, they correct the, the issue. So I think that's what it's going to be. You're going to mostly see a, a lot of the same guys. It's just a matter of when and for how long and what the, the, um, the, the lineups are.
1: We're speaking to Jacob Padilla of Hill Varsity. Jacob, one quick one here for you. I want to ask a little bit of a bigger picture question. Um, how important is it for this team to find some sort of success here relatively quickly so that next year, looking ahead, they don't have to go through another full rebuild again?
0: Yeah, that that's the biggest problem right now. And you've seen it with the, the number of people showing up um, yeah. to the uh, the arena on game day. Uh, the the crowds have not been great this year, and uh, that this was supposed to kind of be the year with the, with uh, you got the, the excitement of the first five star recruit. You have a returning core and experienced players, and Walker and Trey McGowan's uh, and, and Kobe Webster and Mayen, So you kind of had that core to to bring a little consistency um, from from year to year. Then you you brought in some some. Players from good programs and highly touted younger guys and transfers to go around that core. And this was supposed to be the year that uh, things clicked a little bit more. And they're in danger of um, failing to capitalize on that momentum, both in terms of the fan support and getting people in the arena and getting the fan base fired up uh, about Nebraska basketball again and getting wins that will allow them to recruit at a high level moving forward you look at the lineup here and most of these guys that are playing key roles are probably going to be gone next year. Yeah. I mean, Kasei Tominaga is the Kese uh, and CJ are the guy, the two guys that you can probably count on being back next year. Um, those are guys that still have eligibility that aren't going to be facing that extra year of eligibility conversation that um, you probably, I don't know that you're going to see a guy like Derek Walker come back for another year at his age um so you're probably going to be losing a lot of these guys so this is this was a really important year and so far it has not gone at all according to plan so they're going to have to find some way in, in Big Ten play to turn things around or, or things could get rough both in terms of the number of people showing up and the recruiting efforts uh, and all that moving
1: forward yeah it's good they got a game against uh Kennesaw tomorrow that Going into the season, we didn't think was going to be all that important. Now it's it's a pretty monumental game. All right, appreciate the time as always, Jacob. Uh, enjoy the uh, rest of your week. Have a Merry Christmas. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. Same you guys. That is Jacob Padilla of Hale Varsity. Appreciate him taking the time. Yeah, I want to ask that bigger picture question because now we're getting to that point where it's going to be full go into Big Ten Conference season, and if they can't find success, obviously you have to deal with attrition every single year, but... When you're losing, as, as many programs find out, when you're losing, it's harder to keep guys around. All right, let's take um, a timeout. We'll come back, wrap up Wrap up the 2 o'clock hour next on The Happy Hour.
0: Download our app by searching 93.7 The Ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. More of The Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and ticketfm.com.